Morning. I was nearly going to say you can do better than that, but you're not allowed to. So Morning, everyone. Watching from home or on the beach or wherever you happen to be. Uh, so glad to be joining you. We're going to be opening God's Word together. Uh, and we're in a, a sermon series looking at the rule of life. It'd be a shame just to call it a sermon series, though. It's, uh, it's an intentional way that we are shaping everything that we're doing as a leadership team for you, serving you guys, so that you can be more like Jesus in the way that you, um, the way that you live. Rule of life, what is it that you are putting into place? Where are those moments in your life where, you are, where, you can, where you're positioned to encounter God in lots of different ways? Uh, Peter Scazzaro talks about a conscious, intentional plan to keep God at the center of everything, which I think is a pretty good description of a rule of life. Um, maybe you just go about life just bumping into different things and finding a little moment here or there to read a verse or say a prayer with someone. What is your conscious, intentional plan? Last week, Andrew was talking from Psalm 84 about the longing, the desire to have God at the center of everything, how rich life is when that's the case. And, and this week, we're going to be looking at uh, an aspect of the rule of life, prayer and scripture. Who's excited about that? Just wave if you are. Please do not shout. Great. So God is our rock. We, just, we sang about him being our anchor. He's a rock uh, and a refuge. But I don't know about you in this season. Sometimes it's felt like I have left that rock. I'm kind of aware of, oh, there's some stability over there when I can have a moment to just remind myself of who God is. Where, where are those moments that you're connecting in with God regularly? And how prepared are we through scripture through the times that we have with him what are we filling our hearts with so that we can live so that we can have life i uh went to sudley castle has anyone been to sudley castle i can highly recommend it we get uh, we get blessed with kind of membership every year by uh, our parents as a kind of so because we know it's going to work for our kids it's a great gift for them they're young enough uh, and it's a great place for little kids to take their dads to entertain them because uh, the, the, the play fort there will just keep me busy for two hours so that Beth and Ben can just have a sit calm. Um, we had a real lot of fun. Um, but at, at one stage, as we were leaving, we were aware that a girl had kind of fallen and she had grazed knees and, and was bleeding from both her knees and she looked really upset. Her mum was kind of sat with her. And Karis just turned around and said, do, do you think we should, do you think we should um, offer the plasters that we've got? And I was like, well, the plasters we've got? She's like, yeah, the kids pack their bags. We try and encourage the kids to pack a bag with some water and, and stuff so that we're not, you know, with four kids, you kind of have to get them to do something. Um, so, and they'd pack their bags, and they'd also brought plasters. I don't know why, but they brought their unicorn and dinosaur ones, and so they had plasters ready for, <laughs> ready for anything. Um, and it happened to be that we were able to just be a blessing in that situation and give them some plasters and, and, and make a difference. I wonder what you're prepared with, what is in your backpack as you go about daily life. Are you ready? And, I, and scripture it as one of those things that you can fill your heart and your mind with so that you're ready in situations. It's like a backpack. I'm going to turn to 2 Timothy 3, where the Bible talks about this. The start of 2 Timothy, it says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Do you know what's included in these terrible times? Ungratefulness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living in a time like that? Uh, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, 
disobedient to their parents even, unforgiving, slanderous, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous. All this it just paints this picture. But then further down in verse 14, Paul writes, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who fancies being thoroughly equipped? Yeah, again, oh, I'm so used to this response stuff and you can't do it. Can we just, can we get rid of this COVID thing, please, Lord? We want to be equipped for every good work. And we've been talking about this backpack. I've got a backpack here uh, that I came into church with this morning. I cycled with it on my back. So many of us have got hearts full of lots of different stuff that we're consuming. This is talking about being ready with scripture, being ready. A rule of life is one where you would be reading God's word meditating on it, concentrating on it, learning it, repeating it, some truths about who God is so that you're ready. But so many of us are filled with so many different things in our backpack, our time, which kind of like, oh yeah, there was a Christian book. Yeah, I read a Christian book. That's good. That was good. That was good. And then, oh, I did some color therapy. I've just been spending some time doing some color therapy, which was, it was calming. It was nice. Oh yeah. And then we watched Frozen. And then we did another film, and then I was reading the news, and I was checking my Pinterest stuff for all the different things I might fill my home with. I just wanted to be really up to date on where coronavirus is, and whether we can have six, seven, eight, whether six means seven, or whether it means five or six. If you're a family of six, it's not great, is it? It can't be sociable anymore. Oh yeah, and we, we binged on a box set of the West Wing, come on. That was good. I did read my Bible a bit, and then, uh, oh yeah, there's... Oh yeah, I remember that. At first I learned when I was a kid. But God so loved the world. That's a classic. And we find ourselves in situations where we're in conversations with people. And, and we, just, we just don't know. We just don't feel ready. They, you know, people come up and they go, Hey, you know, I just, I'm having a real problem with my anger at the moment. I, you know, around the kids and around my husband. I just feel angry all the time. I just, I just wonder what, what to do. Uh, let it go. Just let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. And they're like, what? That's, that's the best you've got. We need to, the Bible says we, all, we need to be ready to have an answer for the hope in which we found. We're going into a season where all sorts of people will, will be wanting to know, where's the hope? Are we going to go into a second lockdown? What's going to happen with flu season? And you're standing there going, mm, the cold doesn't bother me anymore anyway. I, what, I don't know. I just what are you? What are we feeling? What What are the rhythms of our life? Because so many of us, this is the rhythm. We kind of ah, oh, there's a bit of that, and there's a bit of that, and then wait, there was a. I, oh yeah, there's the word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I wonder if we can think about a rule of life that will release us to have answers for hope in conversations with people, where we can get excited not just about the words in it, but the person in it. The person in it. Uh, what I love is that we get Jesus as the model. Jesus as the model. Sometimes I think of Jesus because I read the Gospels and I think of Jesus as being this person whom the Holy Spirit just kind of took control of in a moment and he said some amazing things. Jesus did have the Holy Spirit with him. 
But he did spend a long time, probably longer than a discipleship year, studying God's word. From the age of 12, he was, he, people were amazed at his understanding, and he grew in knowledge and favor with God and with man. He was growing even from the age of 12, probably at the age of 18 or 19 at Gracie's age or Rowan's age. He still had another 12 years of discipleship going on before he then was launched into his ministry. But we kind of miss that out, don't we? We miss that out about Jesus and we just see him kind of walking around and the Holy Spirit doing powerful things and encounters and stuff. But he's brought up in a Jewish home and, and with probably it, what was encouraged in the Torah that he would have been aware of, I don't know how much, but it talks about just writing stuff on the, on, the, on the doorposts, writing the Word of God on the doorposts, binding it to your wrists. I wonder what was in Jesus' home when he was a little boy. I wonder what was written on his doorpost. I wonder what he was seeing. Because we read in Luke 4, when it comes to temptation in the desert, man does not live on bread alone. I wonder if, from living in a poor family in Nazareth, I wonder if that was one of the things that Mary inscribed on a door for those times when they didn't have enough food. Man does not live on bread alone. I wonder if that's something that Jesus saw regularly. What are the people in your household seeing regularly around your home? Where is scripture? Either are they seeing you reading it? Do they think that the way you start a morning is with a cup of coffee or the word of the Lord? I'm not against coffee. I don't like it, but I'm not against it but have both. Are your children, if you have children, are the people around you seeing you engaging in the Word of God and seeing the benefit of it coming out of you? Have you got a rule of life? That half an hour in the morning is set, or that chunk of two hours, because mornings don't work for me, that chunk of two hours on a Wednesday afternoon or between one and three in the morning, whatever it is for you, have you got a space where you're going to encounter the Word the Logos, and be open to the Rhema word as the Holy Spirit prompts you. For sure, Jesus was led by the Spirit and he was surrendered to the Father. But I would encourage us that there's so much in here that will help us when it comes to our day-to-day -day interactions and our relationships with people around us. Because in here is his love, is his language and his leanings. We read the story of who God is, so we're able to, to figure out some stuff as we're communicating with people who are lost and are, and are looking for hope. We learn his language and our thoughts, are, we're able to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, it says. Because we've read about who Christ is and we've learned a little bit about what it looks like to live in his name, in line with who he is. In his name is not magic words for the end of the prayer. It's what we learn of who Jesus is through the Bible and through relating to him regularly. Jesus, can I have a Ferrari in your name? Well, is it in my name? Is it kind of in line with who I am? Find out. Find out in here. It doesn't mention Ferraris, by the way, just, just to bring some clarity. But it does mention stuff about money from a very early age. I'd learned that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Philippians 4.19. I learned that from a memory verse in a little gold book that was given to me. I earned it from good behavior, that book. <laughs> and it brought out some great behavior as I learned these scriptures because suddenly I didn't have to worry about money or, 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 or that's just been a thread. It's been a bit of steel in my life throughout when it comes to finances. When Karis and I were 
first married, um, I had a, a job as a children's pastor in a, in a church um, on 15 grand a year. Now, some of you might think, oh, that's amazing. I'd love that. Uh, it wasn't loads to live off for the two of us because Karis was still studying, so it was, a, it, was a tight, it was a tight year. But then we, the next year, Karis was then a teacher, and we had, we'd learned to survive off quite a, a, a little bit. And then we had more income. In. But we'd, we'd learned a proverb about, though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And it was a bit of steel in our life. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. So we didn't set our heart. We knew what we could live off. And the rest of it, we were able to... to to, to use. We didn't build up. And, and therefore, twice we were able to leave our jobs because we hadn't built up this mountain of, of debt or we hadn't set our hearts on money. We had some steel. We had something in our backpack for those moments when other temptations would want to shape us and program us to think and live differently so that we serve money rather than God. Times of suffering. Maybe you've gone through suffering. Maybe you're going through suffering now. So many people lose faith when it comes to suffering. I know a verse about, oh, I want to know the power. I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. That verse speaks to me that I can have fellowship with God in suffering rather than that suffering is this thing that shows an absence of, who, who, of God. Another bit of steel in my life because I learned some truth What about those times when you feel like you've had a rubbish day, a bad day, you made a mistake in the way that you related to your grandkids or your, your siblings or your teacher or whatever it is, you, you, and condemnation is there. Romans 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another bit of steel, another something in my backpack that I can use that's more than just the daily perspective from YouTube or wherever. So rhythms, a rule of life. Where are you consciously, intentionally opening the Bible and inviting God to speak to you and to relate with you? I'm not, I'm not saying that you can expect to have a vibrant, quiet time every morning, but place yourself in a, in a space where God can speak to you, where you can be programmed you can program your mind. You're, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be reminded. I'm going to just look at John 14. As, uh, as Jesus is just preparing the disciples to live without him. I'm going to go for verse 23. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. He's always surrendered to the Father in the way that he's using Scripture. We can definitely use Scripture from our own place, and it can be harmful. We have to use it in obedience and in submission, as Jesus did to the Father. The devil used Scripture in that same interaction in Luke 4. And you can harm other people around you by using scripture just because it's something you know, but not something that you're authorized to use. There's a whole bunch of, I'm getting distracted now, but don't worry, it's going to be good. There's a whole bunch of teachers of the law at the time of Jesus who had backpacks full of the Torah, full of truth. 
but they didn't have the presence of God to know what truth looked like for the person who was struggling in the dirt and hadn't been brought up in the way that they'd been brought up. So they end up putting a weight on their back that they couldn't carry themselves. Don't be like that. That's not what Scripture's about. We've got to be in relationship with God when it comes to Scripture. And here, back to the Bible. Yes, I love it. He says this in verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love that. These are guys that have spent three years with Jesus, walking around, listening to the things he says, building up a bit of a bank or a backpack of stuff about, about the, the greatest is the least. I mean, that's, that blew their mind a little bit. Or if you want to ha- have life, you have to lose life. Loads of different things that Jesus has said as, as people's hearts and minds have been reprogrammed to understand kingdom living, not just living for something else. We've got all this stuff, and he says, but the Holy Spirit will be with you to remind you. And I think so often we give the Holy Spirit frozen. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great film. But we've got to have more than that to give to people. The Holy Spirit's like, what? Okay, what am I? uh, I don't know. What's he got? And yet, what what would it look like if you just got a little a little side pocket where daily you're just looking into some scriptures. Daily, the Holy Spirit, you're giving the Holy Spirit much more to work from. You've built up a library that he can highlight for every different moment, and we will find that we are able to, to be equipped for every good work. Every good work. Now, this feels like, like 101 Christianity, but I need to hear it this morning. And I believe that there's other people here and watching who need to be reminded that one of the beautiful things about the rule of life is getting stuck into the, to the, this love letter that's got his language and his leanings in it so that we can be reminded by the Holy Spirit as we go about our days. Wave to me if you're up for that. We are so COVID compliant here. It's just, it's just so good. Right, that's enough of me chatting. Let's pray. Maybe put a hand on your, your heart if that's something you feel comfortable. It's not, again, it's not magic, but we're just saying, God, there's, there's so much potential in here if it could be refilled with the right stuff. Jesus, we have found such hope in you, such incredible hope. We have found such an anchor for our souls, and we are interacting daily with people who are trying to find it in a news program or a better report from a a scientist. We have a hope in you. Lord, I pray that you would equip us for every good work. Lord, for those of us who, who think we'd love to do a discipleship year this year, but we've got all these kind of commitments, Lord, would you draw us, remind us what a rule of life looks like, what a rhythm, what a conscious, intentional plan would look like for us that would keep you at the center of our conversations, keep you at the center of our interactions. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us all things, would remind us of those things that we've learned as we've studied the Word, as we've been with God. 
And Jesus, wherever we have become numb through pain or disappointment, Lord, would you breathe over us afresh and instill in us a hunger that we, that we need to put you back at the center. Maybe we need to read Psalm 84 again. But I bless everyone that's, that's listening right now. I bless you in Jesus' name to have a hunger for God's word, for scripture, but also to be in relationship with the God who loves you through it. In Jesus' name. Amen.